When we think of Isaiah, we think of, you know, God is judging them. They're going to exile because they have forsaken his word and they deserve punishment. But we know, and God knows, and that's why he's talking to them in this chapter, that they need, they need a reminder of who he is and what he's doing. I think we see that even in the way that he addresses them. He starts out, why do you say, O Jacob, uh, Jake, Israel's natural name, and then, but then he repeats, and speak so Israel. He addresses them by their covenant name. And that reminds us that even when God is angry, he's not, over, he's not done with his people. Uh, it's as if in this little way of introducing this, this section, he's, he's saying to them, you're in this trial, but not because things are over between us, but because I'm making our bond even sure. I am the Lord your God even in these times. And if you're a Christian, you're in this covenant with God uh, through the sacrificial blood of Christ, which is a wonderful thing, right? We're children of God. Like, let's, let's rejoice in that often. Uh, but it's also something that comes not with its cons, but with, with hardship. I mean, we see that all over the New Testament even where with, with many sufferings, Paul says, we must enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and part of that is because that's just a natural way of living life uh, as children of God. It's part of that's because of the discipline that we go through. As, you know, we, we know that all, all good parents go and discipline their child for their good. And God disciplines us for our good so that we can look more like Christ. Uh, we all know Hebrews 12:11, but I think uh, J.B. Phillips paraphrases this in a way that, you know, is a little refreshing. He says, Now, obviously, no chastening, or we might say discipline, seems pleasant at the time. It is, in fact, most unpleasant. Yet, when it is all over, we can see that it has quietly produced the fruit of real goodness in the characters of those who have accepted it in, in the right spirit. And that's where we're often at, and that's where Israel's at at this time that God is using this time to further his covenant and not annul it. He is using this time to help them grow in, in holiness. Uh, even in exile, they will still be growing in him. And they, this, this is something that he's using to bring them back to him, and God's using many things, everything in our life, to, to bring us to him, to bring us closer to him. God's people are almost always facing some challenge that will grow them, uh, and we see that really all throughout Israel's time. We've seen that not just in this time in Isaiah, but from the beginning. We see that in, in Egypt. That wasn't even for something that they've done, but we see in Egypt uh, this cry saying, God, oh, hear us. Save us. Don't forget us. Don't disregard us. And then we see that again when they get into the promised land, and then they do forsake God's plan, and they're, they're being punished. They're being taken over by all these other nations. And then we hear that call again. Don't forget us. Don't disregard us. Don't forget our way. We see it here. Don't forget us. Don't disregard us. We're in exile. We're not with you. We feel like we'll never go back. We don't know. We don't know. All we have is to trust in you. We don't hear from you. We feel like things are done with you. And all these cries just well up together, and they keep, they're getting more intense as we go through Scripture. And they, they seem, at the same time, more hopeless and more hopeful. And the ultimate call we hear is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Sounds, sounds a lot like these words today, right? My way is hidden from the Lord. My right is disregarded from my God. And we hear those words where, on the cross in Christ, 
as one, as we always like to remember, Christ is taking on the wrath of God for us. And at the same time, he's identifying himself with these people, singing from their hymn book, Psalm 22, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why do you seem so distant from me? So we see, we see Jesus taking this and identifying with, with his people, identifying with us. Is why we can sing with Jesus these words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And isn't it a blessing that we can share his sufferings, that he shares our, our sufferings with him and we share his sufferings. And don't forget his resurrection. Just a clarifying point, though, tonight, if you're not a believer, I can't offer you much hope at all. The only hope I can offer is everlasting life in Christ by proclaiming that he is the resurrected Lord and turning from your sin to him. I'm obviously not promising you care for your life from, from this passage. Of course not. But I'm offering you a meaningful life, growing in, with others in a church into the likeness of Christ, uh, and then eternal life with God. Just, just if, you, if you do not believe that, please come talk with me, talk with someone else, and don't, don't, let, don't believe the lies that, that this is not what life is all about. But if you are a Christian, we have this hope, just as Israel had their hope. Because we know that we know that our God is the everlasting God. Let's read that part again. Have you not known? Have you not heard? I know you've heard and you've you've known from this church and from many other churches. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. This is a reminder that they need right now. He does not grow faint or, or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, which they are. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We are finite, but he is infinite. He promises to restore those who wait upon him. Even, even though they might feel uh, faint, that is a reminder to go and call upon the Lord. That is a, call, a reminder for us to go and wait upon him. And, but what does that look like? I think, uh, I think that's my main job tonight, to go and, and remind you, what, what does it look like to wait upon the Lord? Uh, because we hear this phrase and we gloss by it. We, we, we see, wait upon the Lord. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And then we get through the weekend and are like, people ask you, what was the sermon about? And you're like, well, I know I'm supposed to wait upon the Lord. And it's like, well, how's that been going? Well, I don't know what that means. So I think one thing that we can do this week, here's your homework. Practice waiting upon the Lord. Go in and take, take this verse. If, you, if you're really ambitious, go and memorize this verse. Or memorize, I think, a, a, a verse that you know, crystallizes this point is Hebrews 13.5. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Go and write that down, write either those verses down, uh, and put it, put it somewhere that you see it a, a lot. Tape, tape it to your coffee mug, tape it to your phone, tape it to something where you're going to see it a lot this week. So you're reminded to go and think of that verse and pray that verse. And re- remember and wait for God to come and show that he is with you. When, when your friend's upset at you this week and you feel all alone, remember, I will never leave you or forsake you. When your family thinks you're crazy for something that you're doing because you're a Christian, remember, I will never leave you or forsake you. When, when other things go on, when, 
when the darkness feels like all around and there's, there's nothing, everything seems all right around you, but for some reason you feel like there's nothing that is going right and that there's no joy. Remember, I will never leave you or forsake you. When parenting's hard, remember, I will never leave you or forsake you. He's with you. When you fail a, a job test or, you know, you don't get the job that you wanted, I will never leave you or forsake you. When the pregnancy test comes back negative again, I will never leave you or forsake you. When you think that all the, the only way to experience life and have joy is to have, you know, a new house, a new car, a new life, a new family, new everything, remember, I will never leave you or forsake you. Remember those words. Go and say those words to God. Go and pray those to him and say, God, I know, I know this promise. I know that you keep your promises, but right now you feel distant. You feel like you aren't enough. I feel so drawn away from you, but I will never leave you if you will never leave me. I know that I will see your salvation one day soon. I encourage you to do that this week. I've been doing that a lot this week uh, because I've been feeling and just, just this preparation, feeling that oh, distance almost. And, uh, but, and, you know, sometimes it makes you feel light and it feels, makes you feel great and you, you're feeling like on cloud nine, but oftentimes, I think this is the normal Christian experience. You pray that prayer and you, you don't feel any different, but take courage because God didn't promise a, a, a great feeling inside. He promised to be with you. He promised to renew your strength. He promised to help you. And I think when we think of renewing strength, we, we hear these verses mounting up on wings like eagles. We think that that always means that, that we are going to be experiencing some mountaintop experience and that everything is going to feel all right. But where do we see someone's strength being renewed uh, more than when we see Jesus in the garden? Right? Remember, he prays, God, if there's, if there's anything, Father, that you could do, if there's any other way that you could accomplish this salvation, let it happen. And he's, you know, even to the point of tears, sweating blood. And what does he get? He doesn't get the answer, okay, here's another way. Or you don't have to do this, it's all right now. He gets strengthened, and he's able to go and do what God's called him to do. And so when you feel this week, when you try waiting upon the Lord, and you feel like, I don't feel anything, I feel like this isn't working, this is all sham, Remember that that's actually what God has promised, and that is actually what God is teaching us through verses like these. I mean, what, there, there will be moments when you feel all these great things, but there will be, probably be more moments that are not like that. But take courage. Maybe this will encourage you even more as we close out. In C.S. Lewis' wonderful book, C.S. Lewis's wonderful book, The Screw Tape Letters, he's writing... As, uh, as a veteran demon to his, his apprentice uh, and trying to give him all these tips to go and get the, the, the Christian that he has been set over to, to get him off the good path. Uh, and he, he says what, he gives basically what they don't want to happen. They're the, the opposite of the goal. He, he says uh, to his apprentice, Wormwood, be not deceived, Wormwood. Our cause is never more in jeopardy than when a human, no longer, no longer desiring, but still intending to do our enemy's will, that is God's will, looks round upon a universe in which every trace of him seems to have vanished and asks why he has been forsaken. 
and still obeys. Wait for him no matter what this week. In that way, you will soar on wings like eagles, even if you feel a little turbulence along the way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so good. Heavenly Father, you have never forsaken us. We thank you that you didn't forsake Christ and that you rose him from the dead to show that you will not forsake us. We pray that you would help us to feel that this week. God, help us to grow in love for you and more importantly, grow in feeling your love for us. God, we we pray for those experiences. We pray to experience your love and experience your trust and your strength and your power. But we pray, most of all, faithfulness. We pray that you would keep us, that you would protect us, and that you would love us. In Jesus' name, amen.